HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. I'm Michael Ameko from Food Talk. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwood, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to a special non-denominational holiday edition of Cutting the Curd. Um, As promised on the Heritage Radio Instagram, we will be telling drunk cheese stories today. Tell you cheese stories while we're drunk. That's just as simple as that. Um, I'm joined today by uh, two friends of Cutting the Curd here in the studio. Uh, my friend and the owner and uh, chief monger at the Bedford Cheese Shop, Charlotte Kamen. How you doing today, Charlotte? I'm good, Greg. Thank you very much. Always nice to see you it's here. It's great to be back here. Taking time out of your see busy you holiday face. schedule. You know, here I am. Finally I, got I made paroled. time just for you. <laughs> Appreciate it, and um, also we have uh, the, we have the entire management structure of the Bedford Cheese Shop in here today. We have uh, Nate McF- uh, Nick McFadden, Nate McElroy, finally <laughs> paroled from the Upper uh, Hudson River Valley uh, Women's Correctional Facility. How you doing today, buddy? I'm good. The uh, the ankle bracelet chafes a little bit. <laughs> And uh, we had one person bail on us, but uh, he's on the phone, uh, Matt Rubin. How are you doing, Matt? Uh, Matt got a DUI for crashing his sled into a bunch of teenagers after (laughs) drinking a bottle of Blackberry Schnapps in Sunderland. Uh, He's calling us from the drunk tank there, but he uses one phone call to to call us, so we really appreciate that. How are you doing, Matty? Good. You got five minutes. (laughs) I got five minutes. Uh, Don't drop that soap, buddy. Um, so uh, we're just going to, you know, knock, we knock back some ceremonial libations. We're just uh, telling stories. So because Matt might be pressed for time, uh, I wanted to ask him my first, uh, my first uh, question, and you guys feel free to jump in uh, in between. You know, I'm drinking swells. alone here. Really? What do you get? Did you get some Pruneau or something like that? You're not alone, Matt. <laughs> nah, drinking beer. Drinking. So what's your, we wanted to know what your craziest holiday cheese story was, Matt, if you can remember back that far. You're a veteran of a lot of holidays. You know, I, you know I've been, you, you, you sent me a list of sort of primer questions and stuff, and I was, I was uh, racking my brain for, for witty answers uh, to all of these. I can't come up with a crazy holiday uh, 
story. You know, this is a country. It's very, uh, it's very Norman Rockwell and Jingle Bells, and everybody's sweet and well behaved. And um, yeah, my crazy stories tend to take place on uh, on uh, on on the Jewish holidays. Well, you can tell us. You got a holiday story. You got a Hanukkah story, or some Yom Kippur tales. Uh, you know, tales on the table. You want to tell us? Just, just, just spit it out. You know what I mean? No, are those um, not made for radio. Yeah, skip to. The, I'm going to pass on this question. Give it to the other. Anybody guys. else want to bail me out here? You know, you guys are monger cheese. Wait, in the city. repeat the question. What's the question? What's your craziest holiday story, Charlotte? My craziest, yeah. just in general? Oh, yeah, Like, absolutely. it doesn't even have to do about, like, working in the cheese industry? Hey, whatever you want to do. I'm going to pass on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let's think about it. Nate, what, what are your thoughts about your craziest holiday? I also got the same questions as, as Matt and Charlotte. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I wreck, I wreck my you guys are the worst guests now, ever. Well, give me a second here. Wait, we should I, take I, a shot real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hold on, yeah. Where's, where's the waitress? But, no, I, I thought about it, and, you know, I think in this industry during the holidays, like, say, right around the middle of October, everything just turns into warp speed. And so there's nothing that's absolutely going to stand out in your mind at any point in time. It is like it's, you know, it's it's the prototypical, like, time travel idea where you just have, like, lights flashing past you yeah. for, like, for about, like, 60, You're in the 70 wormhole. days. Exactly. So... <laughs> So there's nothing that actually stands out because you are just in the mire. And then all of a sudden you wake up sometime after New Year and you think about, like, where did the last two months of my life go? Yeah, that's you look true. down on your hands, there's a lot of, like... Blood. Where the last 20 years of my life go? <laughs> where the last 20 years of my life go? I got to give a shout out to Marty Johnson, who was uh, spreading a rumor that he found me passed out underneath one of the meat slicers at the Bedford Cheese Shop while I worked there. I started that rumor. And, I, and, and I'm I, here I to validate that rumor. that rumor, to validate that rumor. And um, I wish that that was my, my craziest story. I actually, I wrote these questions and I thought about them too. And uh, I, I've been in like the blender of the holiday season a bunch. I remember often, like especially when I worked at Dean and DeLuca and I was strong enough to do it, uh, we would work and they would, they would open the store early and close it late. And so it would open at some ungodly hour, like 5 a.m. And then we would close at like 11 p.m. And I have no idea who or why we did that because we certainly didn't get any customers after 9. And we sure as hell didn't get any customers at 5 a.m. And if we did, we just probably immediately threw them right out of the store. Um, at least I hope we did. But I remember getting out at like 11 after working like a 17-hour day and going over to the Spring Lounge and just drinking until about 2 or 3 in the morning when they threw us out of there and coming back, sleeping in the walk-in for a couple of hours and, um, you know, and then just getting right back up and, uh, you know, maybe brushing my teeth in the sink in the department and just, you know, just slinging cheese out. So. That was really decent that you brush your teeth. <laughs> I really, you had to, you know, you got to taste it. That was really decent of you. It really, t- you know. Well, have any of you ever woke, have any of you ever worked while you've been hungover? I mean, do you, do you ever Never. I'm always 100% on it and super sober whenever I pick up a knife on the line. <laughs> Have you ever seen two blades at once or just wondered, Only when I'm can holding that two whirring knives. slicer blade slice my face right off? I often have that image in my head, though, while slicing uh, me on the slicer where, like, my palm is going to just hit that blade. Well, just, like, I was, I was hungover uh, from... 1992 to around 97, <laughs> and then 2008 till the present. Why did you take a break? Were you with Betty Ford that entire time? <laughs> well, you know, I, I met a woman and settled down a little bit and moved out here, opened my own business, and then took to drink again. Uh, 
That'll you do know, it. It's hard to let go of <laughs> what you feel most comfortable with. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, it's tough around the holidays. You know, you've got a bunch of stuff coming in, and uh, you know, and hopefully it's all going out at the same at, at the same time. But uh, uh, have any of you oh. guys ever opened up the store on the like a New Year's Day or after the holidays and uh, just regretted your life? Nate, have you ever done that? <laughs> Charlotte's the boss, so she must take off and make you work these lovely shifts, right? Well, you know that happened. Uh, <laughs> there was a a Thanksgiving in uh, in recent history where. Uh, I should not have been in public. You mean like two weeks ago? <laughs> no, no. This Thanksgiving was well, yeah, possibly this Thanksgiving. <laughs> but the uh, say within the last five years, there was this Thanksgiving that uh, I was not well. What happened to you? Uh, you know, that's really gray. Did uh, you hang out with Greg? Uh, that was not <laughs> Greg was not what? present, which was actually like surprising. Yeah, that's very surprising. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was under my own volition that I decided to uh, completely inebriate myself. Um, but I was still able to go in, open the shop, you know, everything, money was counted, store was set, doors were open, employees come in, they work. <laughs> I may be in the back uh, sleeping on a tile floor <laughs> for a couple of hours and, uh, you know, but then I bounce back. So, and that's a professional. <laughs> one time back in, uh, one time back in Formaggio days, I woke up on, a, this is probably embarrassing, it ruined my career, but I woke up on the, the, what the career? Uh, on, on the floor of an apartment of some woman. I don't remember who. Um, must have been extremely drunk. Um, got up. It was sunlight. I was the only one there. Um, nobody around. Woman long gone in her apartment. Um, searching around for mail so I could find an address so I could get a cab to get me to work. Couldn't find, couldn't find anything. Got out of the apartment. Looked around. And in the street said, like, Avenue A. And this is you know, supposed to be Boston, so I'm freaking out that somehow I ended up in New York. You took the Chinatown um, bus? And, uh, and uh, so I just – and then I realized I had to be working for Maju in, like, 15 minutes. I can barely see, and I think I'm in New York. Um, so I just started roaming the streets, and eventually I saw, you know, the Prudential Center in the in the distance, and realized I was in just some alphabetized neighborhood in <laughs> Southie, and uh, and took a cab in, and then I worked for about fifteen minutes, and our our devout Muslim general manager said, "Rubiner, get home." <laughs> Wait, I have another follow up question. Day, only day of work I ever missed. That, what was the name on the envelopes? <laughs> I couldn't find any. You could have found oh, any mail. I would have called a cab, and it would have been fine. So did you? Woman got no his... mail. Oh, that's brutal. That's literally brutal. <laughs> did you at least like? Did you open the refrigerator at least like take a swig out of the carton of milk or something like that? Yeah, I must have. Of course, I did. I didn't know they allowed that you actually drank uh, when you worked at uh, Formaggio Kitchen. That's uh, that's a strange. I always figured that's you. That's the ninety two like... to ninety seven part. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm blacked out all the way. <laughs> All right, I'll let you off the hook. All right. So moving away from the holidays, or maybe moving to them because I might there, I was wondering if if you could tell us, Charlotte, just your best customer experience you've had over the last couple of years. Uh, you guys just opened up a new shop in Irving, so you're getting a whole new sort of breed of holiday of customer folk. there. You, know? yeah. you get the Manhattanites, which are so different from the Brooklynites. And I mean, night and day. Really. Yeah. But they are, right? I mean, you're not I don't just think bullshitting so, but yeah, you, right? no, I am. No, you think no. They're, they're the same? They're the same. I mean, it's it's a... A small body of water that separates them. And most people move from the city to Brooklyn to get more space, quote unquote. And then. Yeah, but you guys have a. a your, your new shop's in a really exclusive neighborhood. Super Gramercy. exclusive. You, you know, can't like walk a- down the street without like a ankle bracelet name. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's out on work release, you know, he's yeah. some sort of quota you want to fill there. 
Um, the best customer experience. I mean, really, the best customer experience is when they come in as equally hungover as you are. Nice. And instantly, you guys have that shared experience of like you're telling a dirty joke and they get it, and you guys laugh a little bit, and then they're like, "Hey, I have to go to this dinner party. There's gonna be 15 of us. Can you just pick out five cheeses for me?" And you're like, "You are the best customer I've had all day." <laughs> the path of least <laughs> yeah, like, resistance. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you need to taste anything? Do you want to talk like, about a budget? Hell no. Yeah, and they're like, "No, I don't need any cheese in my body. I, I'm gonna go get an egg and cheese from the bodega when we're done with this conversation." And those are the people that you're like, "You are my favorite person of the day." Like, I don't have to cater to you. I'm just gonna pick shit out. And then the ultimate is like, "I just trust you." You're like. I did nothing to deserve this trust. And I'm so thankful that you feel that this is like that deep. You're, you're trusting me. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially if you are hurting, like legitimately, if you're like, and you see them come up and you're like, just don't be an asshole. Just please, for the love of God, just, just help, help me out here. And then when they, when, because you don't think, or at least I don't think, maybe I'm more cynical. I don't think they're going to help me out. But when they do, it's like they're 10 times It's a times beautiful feeling. <laughs> well, and the hungover compared to the stoned. Like somebody who comes in that's so fucking blazed out of their mind <laughs> that they look at you and they're like, I just want to taste everything that oh. you're going to give me. And you're like, do you really? Like, do we really have to go down this road? Like, can't you give me 10 minutes by myself? And you like, go look at the shelves. They're so pretty. They're so filled with things. You go shop and I'm going to like cut you guys some cheese and you're going to really enjoy it later. It's like, no, I actually want to take. And each time you give them a taste, they like get all euphoric and or- orgasmic about it. And you're just like, do you want this? Like, are we good? You're like, you're I don't tre- know, man. Do you trust me yet? Uh, we might need to do some trust falls in the back. Well, those are the people who usually come and ask you for the soft, hard cheese. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, super cave-aged brie you got. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Matt, you know what I'm talking about. It's the sharpest brie. It's <laughs> the sharpest brie, dude. Do you have that eight-year-old brie? It's so good. <laughs> and they never, those, like, if you are hungover uh, in there, you're hurting, you never have time to open the store. There is literally, you could show up fucking six hours early to open that thing up, and you're not getting it open. And immediately, every other day when you're sober in there, you will open up the store. You have time to have a coffee, go to the bathroom, read a newspaper. Well, you open the around. door and there's like an hour before somebody comes yeah. in. It's when you're hungover. There's like a oh. cluster of 10 people waiting outside staring at you through the window. And you're like, I mean, we got two minutes. Like, I don't know why you're looking at me. It's 7.58. We got till 8 a.m. They're knocking on the door. Can I pee looking real at the quick? watch. <laughs> yeah. Looking at the watch. So that brings me to um, to Mr. Nathan, uh, and I was wondering maybe if you could enlighten us uh, because you know obviously you wait on more customers at the cheese shop than Charlotte does. I mean, I'm sure she works about 45 minutes a week in there. Um, and maybe you give us a, <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> maybe you could give us an idea of what your maybe your worst customer experience that won't get you fired. Well, there's no particular worst customer. There's, there's the. Customer Are you saying they're all bad? Well, no, I. I love my customers. If you I don't like the customers, just the, get the hell out. Doors. Exactly. <laughs> um, but there, there's there's the customer that comes in looking for a fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That like will uh, you know the one that comes in and sees you alone at the counter. Like, Does that happen? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're it, all it gazelle oh on the Sierra. <laughs> or suddenly, where you maybe had five other employees there, yeah, and you and turn around, and it's like it, and you're all alone, and you're like, it's like that tumbleweed I'm, rolling across it. Uh, and now I'm dealing with this belligerent person who wants to argue about a sandwich, yeah. <laughs> you know, which I had nothing to do with the day before. They always cut the crust and, off that baguette here for me. Yeah, and you, and no matter what you, whatever you want to do to like make them happy to get out of there, they are not going to be happy when they get out of there. 
but my favorite demographic of customer is the arguing couple. Is nice. <laughs> the couple that comes uh, up there? God bless them. Yeah, God bless them. Man. Uh, <laughs> you can see the tension coming in. They're just they're unhappy to begin with, and then they bring it to the cheese counter and they want to taste things, and they cannot agree on anything. And then the yeah. tension builds, and then one's on their phone texting somebody else, and then it's just like whatever you want. No, no, whatever. I, I just why why are we even talking about this? Wait in the car. And, yeah. and I feel <laughs> And that's what I want to say, Matt. It's like, when have you wait in the car? When have you make decisions? Well, the thing is, and the cheese counter just, like, there is interaction. You know what I mean? You could be pissed off and go into, like, a, like the Chinese food restaurant and be like, she'll take a number two, I'll take a number four. I don't want right. the number four. Fine, fucking take the number six and we're out of here. Right. But the cheese counter, you're not getting it that easy. No, no. Decisions then, need to be made. Decisions need Discussions to be made. Discussions need to be made. All had. of a sudden, you're a relationship mediator. And you have to talk to them. You're like, look, guys, here, here's the thing. Um, you're in the shop to buy cheese. Like, this is going to be a shared experience. It's supposed to be enjoyable. Why are we arguing? You know, like, can we all just get along? Yeah. yeah. And you're giving them, you're giving them, like, like you just open up a wheel of, like, Masterazio. The best shit you have in oh, the yeah, yeah. And they're not happy. So you're obviously aren't going to fucking win oh, anything. That's brutal. I think that even to expound on that spit, like, the, like, there's the, like the older couple, do you know what I mean? Like the people who have already, they've obviously been together for like 25 years and they have just developed just a deep seated hatred for one another. No questions asked. But it works. But it works. <laughs> like they're not going anywhere. Right. Do you get any couples that shop in Rubiners? Is it just lonely single men, you know, looking at lonely single women as well? Or is it just Hicks at Rubiners? I mean, who who comes in there? Do you get any yeah, trouble customers? Yeah, drifters. Drifters? <laughs> 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 is there such a thing as a cheese drifter? Looking for a handout. Looking for a handout. That's, you... that's our core clientele. Oh, God. No, that's not true at all. Are those like the kids that go to the Stockbridge school so that they can learn how to like grow, you know, <laughs> semi-legal herbs and, and then or what? You must have some winners down there. But I mean, I'm from Massachusetts, so I know if, if every third customer is ever is as bad as I am, you are really screwed. But you know, no, we're we're, we're good. Our, our clientele here is very much like they were in Cambridge. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a um, you know a very a very uh, Traveled, very kind of intellectual clientele, but not like, and you know, wealthy perhaps, but yeah. not you know, goofy wealthy, or at least willing, to, or at least uh, requiring some sort of uh, um, substance, and not just spending money for cash sake. So it's a, it's a, it's an, it's an easy group overall, usually, except for that time uh, around the holidays where in. in uh, in full of holiday cheer, I, I kindly offered to. Uh, You're the friendliest cheesemonger in the world. <laughs> Which didn't work out very well, the police were called. Yeah. Have you been wearing your Santa hat since Thanksgiving? Because I hope so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're more like bad Santa. I can see if you have a staring at that, that old Billy Bob Thornton movie. No, but yeah. seriously, I'm sure you get some good people in there. I'm just busting your chops. So, look, we're going to have to take a break here, but we'll be right back with some more holiday stories here in Cutting the Curt. Cheers. You're listening to I'm Famous by Alan Wilkes.
The Dairy Farm families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. It is so exciting to have this new medium. Posting after the jump has been a huge part of me transitioning from being a blogger to somebody who has sort of real important conversations with people in real life. My show, I, I kind of describe it as an audio trade magazine. I learn a ton from the guests every week, whether it's, it's restaurants, bars. All the hosts at Heritage all come from different perspectives. Everyone should be listening to this. If you're interested in conservation and and practical approach to renewable food sources, you know, not this big industry. Whether it's history, uh, laws, social policies of food, I think people now take food seriously, and hopefully what's on their plate will become something very special. And I feel that podcasting has a future, giving people information in a format they can really use on the go. We need your support to keep these conversations going. To donate, visit heritageradionetwork.org backslash donate. Hi, I'm Reggie Watson. You're listening to heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, and welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm here with Neymar Kelroy and Charlotte Kamen in the studio, and uh, Matt Rubiner on the phone, and uh, we're just knocking back some uh, some libations. Matt's drinking some warm paps up there. What and, are you uh, drinking? Uh, me, I'm not allowed to drink. I'm just normally like this. Uh, All right. This guy's got a Modelo going. Uh, I think it's the second or third, and... Uh, Charlotte's yes. good. She's got she's got a cocktail, but we're, we're we're doing all right. We're doing all right. So you saying I'm not good? No, you're you're beautiful. You're as you're as good as I saw you at six a.m. the other day. <laughs> hey, we had to chair a conference on cheese in uh, Savannah, Georgia, and uh, we drunk drive the whole way back, and here we are. Actually, I'm, I would never advocate anything like that. White line fever. <laughs> So uh, uh, moving on in our little uh, little holiday soiree there, I, I wanted to throw a question out uh, um, to Nate um, and just ask him, uh, just because we're, we're having a couple drinks, what's your, what's your top alcohol and cheese pairing? And that's a true question. Oh, well, it depends on the situation. I think, uh, you know, a good beer, a good porter, and a good blue cheese this time of year is always going to be wonderful you know um so i could go with uh, a little alesmith speedway stout oh sweet yeah and uh, a nice chunk of stilton and i'm happy oh that's awesome yeah. stilton and beer pair pairs really well or cheese and beer are good pairings in general i'm not a wine i mean i do classes on from Giovino, but uh, at italy and stuff but i like beer and cheese best yeah, that's me. great yeah what about you rubiner you got anything for us uh sure uh let's see my best uh I mean, in general, I can't speak in two general terms. There's so many wonderful things. But, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's hard to talk on the phone without actually seeing Charlotte roll her eyes at me when I'm... Uh... <laughs> She's rolling her eyes at oh, me, Oh, don't too. you worry, Matt. <laughs> Do you want me to pull you up on, like, iPhone at the same time? Or? We were going to Skype <laughs> you in, but we figured you'd, like, <laughs> open your please. legs fatal attraction style a couple uh, times, and nobody wants to see that. You know what I mean? I want right. to see so, that. But, to, you know, to lapse into the pretentious, as I do so often, um, the uh, the best... Alcohol and cheese pairing I ever had. Maybe there were two, but the 
The one I had the pleasure years ago of sitting down with George Sandeman of Sandeman Port. You we do have tasting. to know my eyes are already rolling. I know, just I know. To be clear. Okay, but I go know. on, go on. You don't have Everything's to rolling. And, uh, and, uh, and it was a, a blizzardy night in Boston, and nobody showed up for this tasting, which was held at a restaurant in Boston. So, um, when, you know, we had, we had a bunch of different Stiltons, and, and uh, he was opening a bunch of his different ports. And, you know, they were all delicious together, because port and Stilton was delicious together. Um, but then he cracked open a bottle of vintage port, you know, 30 years before it should be drunk, like a, a bottle of fresh vintage port, too, just intense and raspy and alcoholic to drink. And we cracked open some Montgomery's cheddar to go with, and it was just one of the truest, most sublime pairings. Those eyes rolling, Charlotte? <laughs> I can't even feel them anymore. I think uh, I her eyes are almost shut. And the other one, was, uh, which was so memorable, which I've never been able to recreate because I couldn't get a hold of the wine anymore, but there's a producer of a wine called Sagrantino in Umbria, and he made a, a Paolo I'm sorry, Bea, where was he makes, that? Uh, he makes a Pasito. You know, so this is uh, made with uh, you know sun-dried grapes, and so when you press them, the juice is just so intensely sweet, and the wine's quite alcoholic. And we tried that with a Castelmagno, you know, this this sort of blue, sort of not blue, sort of Lancashire. Yeah, Lancashire. like the rare cheese of Cuneo. Yeah, that, and, and in that my opinion, not like a uh, appealing for. cheese on, on any level, but uh, um, you know, I buy it once every 10 years and immediately remember why I never buy it. Cause yeah, because it takes you 10 years to sell the whole wheel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's but so blue Sagrantino, by the end. It's just absolutely, absolutely incredible. So, anyway, uh, that's awesome. That's now, Castelmagno, I actually really like it. I sell a lot of it. Um, I don't know how. because It's like gnarly and weird and sometimes it like has like the texture of like a welcome Sometimes mat. it's blue. It's not blue. <laughs> it's not a blue. It is a blue. We don't know. Um, <laughs> but that's a, good, that's a good pairing. And I like Sagrantino, yeah. too. What about you, Miss Cayman? You're going to stop rolling your eyes. Tell us, what's your favorite alcohol and cheese pairing? You don't drink wine. You only drink booze, right? I've never seen Oh, no. Before. I drink wine. Oh. oh, I drink anything that has alcohol in it. Ah, nice. Or non-alcohol. I'm a big consumer of liquid <laughs> in general. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I would say the best pairing this time of year is anything that you want to drink with anything that you like to eat. And I get very anti the pigeonholes of like a certain cheese and a certain beer or wine or alcohol. But I think that ultimately, like, because Matt took wine and Nate took beer, I'll go with champagne. I'll go uh, some yeah. sparkly. The champagne's good all the time. Yeah. I mean, a blue cheeses and a, and a sparkling, yeah. like a Prosecco or Cava or champagne or yeah. just a sparkling white, they are paired well together in a way that you wouldn't necessarily think because yeah. it brings out the sweetness and the blue. With that kind of manure-y, funky, peppery, depending on what kind of blue you're eating. Manure. Yeah, you who just does not to like to manure. be face down in manure? <laughs> you just wanted to Matt, say manure. I'm thinking of you right now. <laughs> I do always want to be able to include the word manure in any conversation I'm having. It's true, true fact about me. But no, that the fact that um, champagne is so oftenly paired or thought to be paired with like a triple creme or something kind of buttery and indulgent. You say I, oftenly. That's not a word. It sure is, because I just used it, and y'all knew what I meant. Is that so, like embiggins, like they use in The Simpsons? The, the embiggins, the man of cromulence? It's That's coming up in Millhouse, man. <laughs> I like champagne and blue cheese, too. I think the champagne like works as this really neat little paintbrush that like goes with it's, a breath. I mean, like, it lightens your... the palate in such a way. I mean, yeah. if you really want to go there, the effervescence yeah. that it lightens your palate with is really allows you to take on the other complex flavors in the blue. Totally. I actually... Um, champagne became like my favorite 
my favorite cheese pairing when I moved out um, to Sag Harbor and Charlotte came to visit me there once. And you want to talk about drinking and being depressed? That don't remember any. Oh no, wait, no, I'm only one talking about drinking and being depressed. Um, I mean, it was like the winter. What is that? Uh, the winter of my discontent. I, I literally. It was really I, fun to see you in that environment. Holy I moly! Say. I was living in an old like whaling house, um, which was very beautiful, and it cost me about a million dollars a month rent. But I think I was the only person on the whole street, and uh, I was, you know. Just contemplating walking into the ocean and not coming back. And then my friend Greg Hessel, uh, who is a cheesemonger there with me, uh, he and his girlfriend took me in on Thanksgiving. And it was like a super rainy day and really lousy and gray. And I was kind of bummed out. And then I went to their house, you know, and uh, Greg's girl was the pastry chef for uh, Mike and Tony's, uh, I think, out in Sag, in Sag Harbor. And uh, I walked in and it just smelled like pie. And like a roasting turkey, and like they're literally they had like the basement apartment of this house, and they had a fire going, and um, I was like, all right, this is going to be good. And then um, they had a, a few bottles of champagne, of which I don't remember, uh, I don't remember the labels of, and we had a bunch of blue cheeses, about four blue cheeses, and that was probably the best, the best pairing. I had blue del rey, blue Moncenisio, and I think uh, picon cabrales, which I never, I haven't had in like years. And that was probably my best. I loved that cheese. And probably like the best cheese pairing. I still remember it to this day. The only thing I remember about that trip was the indulgent dinner that you made us once, which was oh, yeah. like pan-seared foie gras yeah. with like pine nuts randomly. I don't know how it all got incorporated. <laughs> I remember burning the first batch of pine nuts yes. and having to make more. And then copious amounts of whiskey. Yes. Well, that's which all paired part. really well together. We had a Vacheron that we were dipping say. venison in, I believe that. I think that happened. <laughs> it's all a blur, which is goes back to what Nate's saying, that the holiday season from like October 1st oh. to January 5th. Let's just give us all a buffer zone. Let's give it the 20th. Yeah, 20th. Like, yeah, we need a buffer period. zone of when you come <laughs> back from this, where there really is, it's just like this... Uh, Star Wars, like galactical, like the galaxy, like the light flying speed. by you, exactly. The, the, like the jump to light. Yeah, speed. where it's like you, I, what I was saying before. You look down in your hands, you're dripping in blood, and you're yeah. like, I don't even remember what happened. I'm surprised that not, none of you put I a whiskey and cheese blood. pairing together. It's time travel, really. <laughs> <laughs> time travel at the cheese counter. Well, I know. At least the two people. I just burped when I tried to move away from the microphone. Um, That's professionalism. Oh, let me tell you, I am a star in here. You really um, are. <laughs> I was surprised that none of you, uh, none of you uh, paired whiskey and cheese. Although I know you guys teach a class of whiskey and cheese. Matt teaches a class at his cheese shop of how to deal with him in his cheese shop. <laughs> I saw that. And I really want to go to that. Class. I, I like put class. that on every single list of somebody who wants to get me something for Christmas. I'm like, you know what I want. I want to go see Matt Rubiter teach I, how to do I just want to put this fun fact out there that I was trolling the some internet. Some people don't misunderstand that because it's how to deal with Matt Rubiner, but some people think the class is how to deal with Matt Rubiner. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like Chuck Woolery or something like that? No. I think this is how to come in and make purchases without being offended or thrown out, right? I mean, that's how to actually come in and make a purchase with Matt Rubiner. <laughs> with Matt <Yeah>. Rubiner. <laughs> Get <laughs> I imagine that term is used quite a bit. Um, that, but um, so none of you guys, uh, Matt Port is about right for you. You're, you're a you're a stylish guy. I know Nate, you love your beer. I know I know Charlie, you love your champagne. But whiskey and cheese, no one, uh, oh, no yeah, one went there. Whiskey and cheese. What yeah, do whiskey. you think, um, the, Nate? What do you think the best uh, whiskey cheese is? Who are you uh, talking to? Nate. I he, clearly he said, my said name, Nate. Matt. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> 
Don't worry. Really. We'll, we'll go a full hour just to hear you talk more, buddy. <laughs> I tell you, uh, what I really like is a nice aged Kool-Aid with whiskey. Really? Yeah. I feel like it blends a lot of whiskey styles, whether it's going to be smoky or sweet or just sort of like uh, pickly. Yeah. That, that aged Irish Gouda is... Yeah, it's so well, Kool-Aid, for people at home that don't know, is a aged out... Gouda type cheese that's made in Ireland, and Nate and I were very privileged enough to go visit the Dickie Boys who make Those it. Those Dickie, Dickie boys. Williams, <laughs> Dickie Boys, and his son, and um, yeah, that it's like most aged Goudas will pair really well with a whiskey. And as Nate and I are very fortunate enough to be sitting in the office towards the beginning of a class when the instructor, whoever's going to be teaching class, mostly Kara Baker, who's one of what our What kind of class owners, in your own shop? Yeah, who teaches the whiskey and cheese pairing or traditionally has or uh-huh. teaches most of them or whatever. She'll come in with t- paste, uh, tearings, or pairings. Tearings and pairings. Tearings and pairings for us to taste. And most successful, I think, are the aged out Goudas. And then it can really match a lot of different whiskeys, like the more sweet, more smoky, and... So, like, Kool-Aid is a great because it's Irish and whiskey and Scotch. Those things go together. I feel yeah. like the three of you recommended <laughs> Neil's Yard Dairy. Are they, are they, like, an unknown sponsor of this show? Are they, like, they like pay? Neil's Yard what? Uh, can you yeah. confirm? No, do not. <laughs> what are you speaking of now? Neil's Yard what now? <laughs> Uh, I just owe him a bunch of cash, so I thought I'd mention it. Sure. After you teach people in, your, in the class of how to deal with you to come and empty their pockets in your cheese shop. We know how it works with you. Well, um, we're going to finish it up with one last question, and it's an easy question, but uh, it's the reason why we're all here. Uh, we uh, we love the cheese, and uh, we've done it, all of us, for a long time that are in this room and, uh, and on the phone in the Sunderland drunk tank, wherever you are, Rubiner, up there. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to know, um, just a simple question to you, Matt. Uh, when's the happiest you've ever been eating cheese? you got a long career. Uh, you know, I think probably the happiest that I can, that I can think like specifically, an aha moment. specifically happy about eating cheese um, was, this is going to be a real eye roller for Charlotte, so you might want to. Now, now we got McElroy and the, Charlotte on the, but the uh, this was This was before I was actually a cheesemonger, but, but, but it was um, not the very day, but the day after I had declared my intention to right all the wrongs in my life and devote my, uh, devote my, my final days to cheesemongering. I was, sitting, uh, I, was, I was actually in the town of, or the Comune, or whatever the hell it is, of Asiago uh-huh. in, like, Ventino, and, uh, um, and we went into a shop, and, and we bought, you know, cheese, and everything was in Asiago's, in Asiago Frescos, in Asiago Semistagionatos, in Asiago Stagionatos, Travecchio, whatever. And we got all these, uh, um, all these uh, um, Asia, Asiagi, Asiagas, and sat on the River Brenta there, <laughs> and uh, had this little picnic, and, and that is when specifically I made the, uh, made the decision to... Uh, to uh, um, Get in this biz and abandon my, uh, you know, nefarious activities up to then. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Eye rolls notwithstanding, uh, <laughs> and uh, Asiago, we get here, uh, we get some good Asiago in Italy, but I feel like it's, uh, it's probably nothing compared to what. Uh, yeah, you know, it you wasn't because the Asiago was so damn good. It was just, you know. Content. <laughs> 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 what about you, Miss Charlotte? I have to say, actually, the two that stand out are both with. Everybody that's actually been here. Greg, one was just with you, and the second was with both Nate and Matt. Um, the first, and it has to do with dining outside. 
The first Greg when we were in northern France oh, yeah. on that random little trip that we took, and we were eating some like super ripe reblochon in the middle of a forest on some some marble slab. Yeah, right bench. outside of that monastery. Which was, was beautiful. beautiful. And it was like one of those moments where you're like, this, what I'm doing is so connected yeah. to far much, I mean, so much more than just cheese. And it's so much more just than these people that I'm with. It's like a larger thing. Yeah. And then the second one, Matt and Nate, was with, with both of you guys in southern France. And I'm not a Francophile. Like, it could have happened anywhere. But that we had the, our little picnics outside of the Geet that Nate and I were staying at. And oh, Matt was up a little bit time. of the hill. It sounds right. Where we had like these big indulgent like picnic breakfast lunch feasts where it's it wasn't just the cheese. It was the charcuterie. It was everything else. But it was more the experience of like here we are with people that we love and that we care for eating things that I mean we could find a comparison in the States. But this is something special when you work in the industry and it's something that you don't normally Fine. Yeah, well, when you're out of your element, you're eating cheese at the shop all day, like little nibbles. It's sustenance. You're yeah, angry. Yeah, it becomes a little mon- not mundane, but because it's still special and still it great, you a still appreciate thing. it. But when you can remove yourself from the business aspect of it, and you're like surrounded by the people that you care for in those yeah. moments, and you're like looking at the at somebody that you really love and care for, Nate. Matt, that's where, across, that's where you and I fell in love. I, it is actually you where you we fell in love, and and yeah. Nate, I I think about it often, just as like something that we were able to experience together. That it was in this communal environment, and we got to eat and drink together, and it was kind of like this is why I do what I do. That's you fantastic. Yeah, it was very transcendental. That what about what about yeah, you, Mikkel? Right? No, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, that, that experience in the Loire with Charlotte and Matt and Steve Jones was was Mark, really like a Mark from yeah, Mark, Mark, Mr. Mark, Mr. Mark Goldman of Fromatican Papers. <laughs> yes, yeah, nice. that was that was awesome. Like staying at the Chateau Fontenay was awesome. Um, and I, I can't pin down one certain point where. I've been the happiest, and you know what? The happiest I am eating cheese is when I'm able to like break bread with like family and friends and share something where, like, maybe they haven't experienced it before, and you know, you're, you're exposing them to a whole new level of like of, of sensory evaluation, and they're they're tasting things for the first time, and you're talking about it, and it really opens their eyes to like a whole new level of of life, you know, because that's what it comes down to, man. Yeah. You know, like it's we we got a short time. We do. <laughs> we got a short time. So, eat a you know, lot, drink like, a lot. Eat a lot, drink a lot. <laughs> That's the point of why I'm here. No, um, it's it's really like, uh, you know, the, the loved ones um, that you have that you want to, like, share these things with. And when you're able to, like, share cheese with them. Yeah. And it is, it is really, like, one of the best things. I have to just add on to that. I know that we're running out of time. But it's amazing to be able to take a step back because we do this, Nate, Greg, Matt everybody else out there that works in cheese. You do it so much as your trade, as your profession, that when you are able to separate and see from a, <clears throat> I don't want to say novice, but like from a person's experience. That a person doesn't work with cheese. It's not their industry. And there's something that like enlightens you to being like, this is something really special. Like we know it all. Like we're, our feet are in the soil and we're helping know, farmers and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say it all, I mean, I, I mean what we're doing in the larger context. Totally. And when you remember just the sensory enchant, enchantment. Mint. Enchantment. Don't yeah, make up any word? more words. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I do as a writer. I just make up words. <laughs> <laughs> no, I oftenly but, think the same thing. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I love you, Matt. <laughs> I, I actually agree with that. And it's a, that's a good way to go, especially in the holidays. Um, 
Uh, it's good when you are down in it and you're waiting on a lot of customers and maybe you're a little hungover or you're just tired. It's just good to know that um, that we do you believe in. And I wanted to add an addendum onto that trip that Charlotte spoke of uh, that we, we were eating uh, eating some cheese outside by a creek in a monastery in uh, San Remy Bois and it was amazing and wonderful. And I believe that same night I stumbled into – um, the orphanage that was also <laughs> in that monastery. <laughs> you did. Uh, so I opened the door with a skeleton key and found myself in an orphanage. And then this sort of uh, groundskeeper Willie kind of guy came out, and I was like, "This doesn't look like my room. There are a lot of children in here." So and the this- weird thing about a skeleton key is that it really does let you into any room, and even the room with a bunch of ten-year-old wow. boys. And as I was hung over the next day eating tiny croissants in the in the belfry or something like that, uh, the same. Uh, groundskeeper guy was like pointing at me in Charlotte and <laughs> laughing at me and uh, we certainly didn't check out of that uh, monastery because it was too beautiful but um, <laughs> but it was a great trip wow. I think Greg got everything he needed or was looking for yeah absolutely I sure Orphan. did yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, those French ankle and bracelets a, and a permanent record yeah <laughs> Well, I, I want to thank uh, thank you guys all, for, uh, Charlotte and Nate, for coming in and knocking a few back, and Matt for uh, drinking that orange Kool-Aid drinking that fermented, that fermented <laughs> under a radiator in the drunk tank in Sunderland, and uh, to everybody hey, for listening. Sunderland, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a question you should be asking yourself, because you sure the hell drove there last night. Um, oh. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a happy holidays to all. Stay tuned next week for our last episode of the year. Diane Stemple will do a great book review. And until uh, next time. On cutting the curd. Cheers. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>